Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together and to worship you, Father. We pray now for your guidance and direction, Father. We pray that everything done and said today will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom. Father, I pray for open hearts and open minds to receive your word as the seed that it is. And we give you praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Amen. Man. <clears throat> Whew, so good to be back in Berkeley County. All right, so um, a priest and a rabbi got in a wreck. And it was a terrible wreck. And both cars were just destroyed. And, and, and mir- miraculously, they both walked away from the wreck. And they're standing on the side of the road talking about how much of a miracle of God it is that they both survived such a terrible wreck. And as they were standing there, they were lo- investigating the vehicles. And the priest looked in the back seat of his car, and there was a bottle of wine that was not broken. And it is yet another miracle. God has spared this bottle of wine. And the, the rabbi said, that is amazing. And the priest said, you know what I think? I think God would like for us to have a glass of this wine to celebrate his, his miracle. He said, great idea. So he opens the thing and he pours the rabbi a glass of wine. And the rabbi starts drinking and says, man, this is fantastic. He stands there for a second and says, you're, you're not going to have any? He said, no, nah, I'm going to wait till the police get here. <clears throat> Oh my. <clears throat> so let me tell you, um, it seems like every week that I'm like, Lord, we, we ramp it up and then we ramp up, a, it tightens up a little bit further, right? So, so what this week's title is, is stand. Stand. <clears throat> In Ephesians, when you talk about the whole armor of God, it says, having done all else, to stand. <clears throat> Man, I ain't going to make it through the first five minutes without crying. This is terrible. I ain't even started yet. <clears throat> Having done all else to stand. And when you think about that, um, so let, let's turn there. I'll, I'll read it to where it's, it's, it's official and stuff. Crystal likes it when I read it and don't quote it. Um, Ephesians 6 um, and 13. Therefore put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. <clears throat> you see, as Christians, <clears throat> we have this fundamental foundation of beliefs that we align with, right? It's, it's called the Word of God. It's the, it's the Bible. Because sometimes when you say stand, and, you know, I can't sit. No, 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 no. That, it's not the physical act of standing, it's the understanding that our motives, our morals, our decisions should be rooted and grounded in God's Word. And if and when they are rooted and grounded in God's Word, when they're challenged, that we should stand. <clears throat> you ever argued with somebody and like you were right and they were wrong and then as soon as you started proving them wrong even if you weren't right, they, they changed their opinion. You know, they just, well, you know, I thought that last week, but this week I think this, and next week I might think something different, right? They, they flip-flop on you. There, a lot of politicians do that, right? It depends on what group of people they're talking to and whether they believe this part or that part or that part. Well, as Christians, we can't really do that. As Christians, we have to come to the realization, excuse me, that the Bible is true, front cover to back cover, 
and that we stand on those beliefs. Regardless of what the world says and regardless of what our peers say and regardless of what anybody else says or what anybody else does, that we know God's word is true and that we stand on God's word regardless of what else is taking place. <clears throat> in, in times to come, in days ahead, it will become more and more and more important for Christians to stand up for Christian values. If you think we've been attacked so far, it is getting ready to get worse. And I'm not a doomsday preacher. Y'all know better than that. I'm just telling you, we need to be prepared for the, what's getting ready to take place. And to be able to stand and stand on your values and not be moved and not be tossed to and fro is extremely valuable. No matter what happens around you, we have to be able to stand and stand our ground. <clears throat> All right, so let me tell you, this one, I, I ain't never preached this, this verse before. So this is not new for y'all probably, but new for me. So turn all the way back over there in the, in the clean part of your Bible. That's what I used to say. The second Samuel, right? In chapter 23. So second Samuel 23 and verse 11. Now, before we get to verse 11. So right here, they, they've been talking about Daniel, um, excuse me, David's warriors, and they're basically going through a highlight reel of all the things that these great warriors under Daniel, daggummit, David, King David, has done, right? So 2 Samuel 23, 11, and next to him was Shema, the son of Agi, the Harite. And when the Philistines banded together in a place that was a field of, full of lentils, Israel's troops fled but Shema took his stand in the middle of the field, and he defended it, and he struck the Philistines down, and the Lord brought a great victory. So you would think that if you're talking about the entire army, right, you would think that they all stood together. They would all be together. In the, you know, that's usually how it works, right? If we on the same team, our team should be doing the same thing. But in, in verse 11, it says that they all fled. They, everybody else fled. Everybody else left. Everybody else turned tail and run. Everybody else changed their mind. Everybody else said it was okay. Everybody else said it's not that bad. But this cat took his stand. Uh, Y'all know what lentils are? No? They're like a bean. It's almost like a soybean pea kind of thing. I mean... I think I've heard of lentil soup before one time. I don't, I never eaten it. I'm sure I hadn't eaten it, but it, that's what it is. But he was protecting the lentils. I don't know why, but he took his stand protecting their food, right? To defend this field. <clears throat> and when he did, God showed up and brought about a great victory. See, that's the thing. <clears throat> when you take a stand protecting something that belongs to God. And you have to believe that this field belonged to Israel. It belonged to God. They were God's people. It belonged to God. And when you take a stand defending something that belongs to God, God shows up and brings about a great victory. Can you imagine one dude standing in the middle of the field waiting for the whole rest of the army to get there? You know how silly he looked from afar? You know, as the they were running away going, that fool's going to get killed. He's in the middle of the field by himself. 
But he knew that he had to take a stand. See, sometimes we in that same boat, right? That we know that we have to take a stand. We have to stand up for what's right, for what God's word says is right. For good is good and evil is not good, right? We have to take a stand. And there are people around us who are doing this and talking about how big a fool we are for taking a stand. As we move forward, as we get closer, and I'm not saying Jesus is coming back tomorrow or the next day. I'm just telling you like I told you before. We one day closer today than we was last week. We just getting closer by the day. We, it is becoming more and more and more important that the children of God act as such. You, you don't have to be Shema. You don't have to run out in the middle of the, or Shem, however you say his name. I, that's the best I got. Anybody got a better one? Shema, Shema, That's how the guy on the Bible app says it. So I'm, I'm going with that. You don't have to be in the middle of the field by yourself, but you have to identify who you are in Christ and stand on that regardless of what's taking place around you. Like the three Hebrew children, when they were faced with a decision whether or not that they were going to worship or not worship. And they said, we only worship God. And they were like, well, that ain't going to work out good for you because we're fixing to throw you in the fire. And they said, even if he doesn't show up, we'll take that. But we're going to stand that God's word is true and everything else is a lie. And we're going to stand no matter what. Even if it costs me my job, even if it costs me my life, even if it costs me something that I care a bunch about, I'm going to stand regardless of what takes place. And y'all know the story with the three Hebrew children. They gathered them up and they threw them into the fire. And God showed up. Same thing he did with Shema in the middle of the bean field. God showed up. Same thing he does when you take a stand on the values that we have. That when you show up and know that God's word says this is right and that is wrong. That there is no middle. And it's tough. And it's hard. And sometimes there's people that mean a lot to you to put you in those situations. That is tough. But we know that God's word is true regardless of what anybody else says about it. Now, I'm not saying you don't try to talk to them. You don't try to negotiate with them. You don't try to reason with them and try to get convince people that what you're saying is right, that this is God's word and it's right. And I really want you to understand and I want you to go to heaven and I want you to be saved and I want you to know the grace of God, right? But Ephesians says, after you've done everything else to stand, there is no compromise in the word of God. There's grace and there is love and there is peace and there is joy. And there is righteousness, there is no compromise. God's word is true regardless of what else takes place around us. And when you get to the place to where you understand that I'm going to stand on God's word, whether it makes me popular, whether people are going to talk weird about me, tell, talk about me and tell other people that I'm weird, that I'm ridiculous, no, whatever, I don't care. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody goes to the Father except through me. 
And you go, well, now, I don't know about other religions. No, I, I'm telling you. I read it. It's in red. It's pretty plain. It was not even a parable. He didn't beat around the bush. He didn't say, well, maybe. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one goes to the Father except through me. Amen. There's no compromise. It is standing on the values. Compromising with people will send them to hell. That Yes, it's okay if you don't accept Jesus. You still be a good person, and we'll light some candles, and we'll pray for you. It's not going to work out. And people are so worried about the time on this planet, and when you compare the time on this planet with the time between now and the end of time, it is, what does it say? It's a vapor. It's a mist. It just, and it disappears. What we're here to do is prepare for the next life. We're here to make sure that we have our name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that we have accepted Jesus as our Savior, that we don't bend that. We don't change that. As a church, as a people, as a group, as an individual, you don't change your values to fit in. That is, that is the epitome of putting yourself in a bad spot. That is a really bad decision. When you change your values to fit in with a group of people, you are compromising yourself. And then after one compromise, the second compromise is not so hard. And then the next compromise is pretty easy. And then the third compromise is really, really easy. And then all of a sudden, you've lost yourself. In the, you don't even know who you are anymore. Or you can stand on your beliefs and what you know to be true in God's Word and what He has called and told you to do. Right? That, that, <clears throat> I guess I need to open the book, huh? <clears throat> uh, turn with me, if you can, to Philippians. Got too many tabs. There we go. <clears throat> uh, the book of Philippians, chapter 1, and verse 27. So Philippians 1, 27. For whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come to see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as for one faith of the gospel. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel. That doesn't matter who you're hanging out with. That don't matter where you're at. That don't matter what day it is. Because some of us, we have a, a Sunday us and a Monday us and a Tuesday us and then a Friday night us and a Saturday night us and then we come back to Sunday us sometimes. Sometimes we just let Saturday night itself talk us into we'll go back to Monday because we're going to sleep all day Sunday to get over Saturday night, right? But we have to stand firm to understand that what we do matters, right? How we perform, how we act, how we think, what we do matters. <clears throat> Not only does it matter to you because you're going to reap what you sow, but it also matters because you're a witness to the world. 
It's a tough sermon to preach. So it matters. It matters who you are. It matters where you go. It matters who you talk to. It matters how you talk to them. Now, 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 now. Hmm, how now, brown cow? I'm not saying you can't talk to people. Je- Jesus spent a lot of time with prostitutes and thieves and bad folks. But you notice in those conversations, he wasn't talking about prostituting or thieving or doing bad things. What was he doing? He was telling them, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody goes through the Father except through me. You need to quit living like that. Go and sin no more. Right? The poor lady who got caught in adultery, right? He turned his back and started drawing in the dirt. He, he didn't tell her, go and sin no more. I'm not saying we can't associate with those people or talk to those people or have those kind of friends. They, they need you. They need you bad. What you can't be is a chameleon, you know what a chameleon is? There's one on, what is that silly thing? What is it? Rapunzel? Tangled. Tangled. The movie, right? That's my favorite character in the whole movie. Little chameleon. He can blend into anything, anytime, anyhow, right? He, and he changes colors and looks just like the background. As a Christian, if you look like a chameleon, you're not a good witness to the world. This sermon is at us. This sermon is at you. You are not to blend in. You're not to look like them. We stand on our beliefs and our gospel, and it is true every day, every how, every way. Now, does that mean you, you don't mess up? Oh, man. No, you mess up. Who don't mess up? Anybody in here don't mess up? Yeah, okay. At least y'all listening, I hope. Or either you're not paying attention and you didn't put your hand up either way. If anybody in here is walking in perfection, then God bless you, and I want to see you. Because everybody in here messes up. And this is not a holy as I and not a, you're not. This is a we have to work harder at being the example to the world every day, every way, every time. That we look different than the world. That we don't blend in with the world. Do we don't act, walk, and talk like the world? Do we have been set apart? And that we should stand firm on God's word, knowing who we are in Christ. Because if you know who you are in Christ, <clears throat> Mary Page, you're a national champion? Yeah, okay. One this week, right? Yeah, huh? In two, right? No, a couple. But, I mean, two in Beta Club National Championships. One at Disney World in 20-whatever, and, and then this year. You hide that? No. Proud of that, right? Yeah. If you know who you are and you know what God's done for you, do you hide that? Do you walk around ashamed of it? Do you walk around like it doesn't matter? And, and look... You might have not seen a bunch of miracles in your life. You might have. You might not. I've seen some miracles. I've seen some firsthand miracles of stuff that's unbelievable. I did something yesterday that was a miracle that's pretty silly, but I'm going to tell you all about it anyway because I feel like it kind of fits. I went, <clears throat> I've been gone, right? We were gone from Friday to Friday. We went to Beta Club, and then we played ball, and eight days away from my house is way too long away. And I drove a bunch of hours, and 
and we were in some confined spaces, and it was there was never any alone time, right? It just, it's not. When you're traveling like that, everybody's with the group all the time. So yesterday afternoon, I cut the grass and kind of straightened up a little bit. So I'm, I'm going to go fishing in the pond just for a minute, just to get away from, just to be quiet. Because that's when I do, that's when I work on my sermon the best, right? And it's not been a lot of quiet. I mean, I room with, with the twins and Crystal, it's not been a lot of quiet. <clears throat> I'm just teasing them. It, they on their phone. They're not talking to me. I know better than that foolishness. Anyway, so I went fishing yesterday, and, and I pushed a little boat in, and I got in, and I'm, I'm not, I don't even care. I'm not trying to catch fish. I don't care. I just want it to be quiet. So I pitched the rod and reel out, and I winded a little bit, and I'm unzipping the top of my tackle box to get my pliers out, and <clears throat> fish hit it, and I had it like weakly gripped in this hand. But when the fish hit it, right, the natural instinct is to set the hook, right? Well, when I did, it went bloop and fell right in the water. And my rod and reel went to the bottom of the pond right there. <laughs> well, that ain't good. So I took the other one and I dug to the bottom and I dug to the bottom. And Lord, I really need that rod and reel back. And, you know, I, I need a miracle. And I'm like, all right, well, it ain't happening. So I, I fished around the rest of the pond and caught a handful of fish. And I come back around and I got close to the same spot where I'd thrown it. And I, like I said, I'm not even trying to catch a fish there. It's not where I normally would throw and I threw it over there and missed one. I'm like, gum! it must be a spot right there. Threw it back and kind of got a nibble. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got a fish. And I slowly wound it in. And I had caught the line of the first rod and reel with the fish still on it. <laughs> so the bait I have is hooked on the line. And the bait on the other rod and reel is hooked to the fish. So I wind it in. I, I get the line. I pull the fish in. Pull the rod and reel in, dump the water out, throw it, catch another fish. I'm like, praise God, that is amazing right there. <laughs> I mean, it's six, eight foot deep. I mean, how do you do that? And throw in a little tiny little flick, little jig. It's impossible. It's impossible. Praise God it wasn't. We know who we are. We know who we worship. We know we've been bought back. We should act like it all the time. We should be able to stand firm in what God's Word says about us, regardless of what's taking place around us. Regardless. Uh, If you will, turn with me to Galatians. Uh, Galatians 5 and verse 1. For it is the freedom that Christ has set us free to stand firm then that you do not let yourselves be burdened again to the yoke of slavery. Now, now this is a different kind of standing firm. Who controls you? Who controls you? You, right? Should be you. So who controls your willpower? Still you. Who controls what you eat and drink and take? Still you. Who controls who you have relationships with? Still you. Who controls where you go and do? Now, if you're less than 25 or whatever, it's your parent, or at least partially involved in your parent. Until you finance your own deal, that's just the way it works. And the instant you start paying all your own bills, 
I would lie and say they'll quit telling you what to do, but I'm 47 and Lillian still hasn't stopped telling me what to do. So when we talk about standing firm, we're talking about standing firm in God's will, but we also know that this flesh is subject to our spirit. And it don't want to be subject to our spirit. But Christ has set us free to make our own choices and our own decisions. So if you feel like you are, um, I hate to use that word, but addicted or hooked or caught up on something, it's your decision and you control your body. The lies of the world will tell you that you have this problem and that problem and this can't be fixed and you got to take that kind of medicine and this kind of medicine. But the freedom in Christ is, is if we get all the way back to God's word, he has set us free. That's free of addiction, free of all of those things. We have a freedom of choice too. And a lot of times we choose to do those things. It was a long time to where I was addicted to Diet Mountain Dew. I drank six or seven of them every day. I was addicted. Couldn't help it. Don't know what to do. Well, I figured out if you quit buying them, they become real difficult to drink. <laughs> now, my flesh didn't like it so very much. In the first day or three, I had a pretty good headache. But when I finally made my decision that I was going to stand on what I had decided that was best for me, it all of a sudden wasn't there anymore. Now, I'm not saying that you hooked on Diet Mountain Dews. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's Diet Cokes. Maybe it's something else. I don't know. But you are supposed to be in control of your body. You have been given authority over your flesh. And if you allow your flesh to run over you, it's your fault. Man, it got real quiet in that part. That's an extra slice of cake. That's whatever you eat and drink. That's whatever situation you put yourself in. That's wherever you decide to go. Do you, do you know that I hear people like complaining about work, that work is so bad? You know that there are other places to work than the one place that you work? There are other, there are other employers. You can go other places. In fact, if you've been X your whole life, you can change your mind and go be something else. You can go be the greeter at Walmart. It's your choice. We have control over our body. We have to make decisions to have control over our body. And I'm not saying it's easy, but when you stand and stand firm in what God's Word says, and you really start to delve deep into what it says, and you start renewing your mind, and you start living according to God's Word, some of those things that you think have control over you all of a sudden evaporate. All of a sudden, I can walk past the Diet Mountain Dew, and it don't even talk to me anymore. It's a miracle. We have to be rooted and grounded in God's Word so much that we have authority over our body, that we do what we say we're going to do, we say what we're supposed to say, we act according to God's Word, and we start to become the light of the world that we're supposed to be in. But you can't if you allow one little inconvenience to change your opinion. 
Well, I would never go against God's word. Well, if you go to church on Sunday, we're going to find you 50 bucks. With two-thirds of you already missing anyway, and we didn't find them anything. Think about what it takes to line up with your values no matter what. Think about Paul and Silas as if you preach anymore, we're going to throw you in jail. Might as well get the cuffs ready, boss, because we ain't stopping. If you worship God in here, we're going to throw you in jail. Guess what? We're going to worship God in there, too. And them same cuffs that you put on, all of a sudden it's going to fall off. We have to be so set in what we believe God's word to be true that nothing anybody can do around us allows us to move. Nothing should be able to change our values and our beliefs in the freedom that God's given us. That is what stand means, to be able to stand your ground and take on the oncoming army. No, stand your ground and decide, I'm not going to put myself in that situation anymore. If you go somewhere and it leads to you doing bad things, maybe you ought to not go there anymore. When we are faced with the task of standing and doing, after we've done all else to stand, that's standing in the face of sickness and disease, that's standing in the face of temptation, that's standing in the face of attacks and, and people talking trash about you, it's standing in your beliefs whether people like you or don't like you, it is standing on what you believe in no matter what. Regardless of what takes place around me, I will stand on God's word. It will not change who I am. It will not, I will not be moved. That's what a Christian looks like. That's what I want us to look like. Regardless of what's taking place, my morals, my beliefs, my actions lines up with the Word of God. And I don't care if everybody else took off running, I'm going to stand right here. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we just thank you and praise you for your word. Father, we thank you for that freedom <clears throat> that we have a choice that we can stand in your word. Father, we just praise you and we just worship you and give you all the praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.